Welcome to Archie Digest, a Riverdale podcast. This is a podcast about a story about a town, and we really, really wish that we had a better reason to come back after a long, long hiatus. Yes. Um, yeah. But we've been, uh, the three of us have all been feeling kind of guilty. We've had a lot of audience members who have reached out to us to be like, hey, is the show dead? And it's not dead. We're just, it's in flux. But we we felt bad already about not really getting back to people. And then when uh, this morning, when sadly we found out that Luke Perry had passed away, uh, we felt like we had to get together and offer the people who had been tweeting at us all this time kind of a chance to, uh, if you want to participate in the show, this is a live broadcast and uh, we'll be taking kind of comments and feedback and all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm Russ Burlingame, one of, your, uh, one of your hosts, and with me are Chris. Hey, Chris Ainer here. And Craig. Craig Byrne here, hello. And yeah, yeah. what a day! Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, I've I've really I've only met I've only met Luke a handful of times, and I think I've only done I think two one on one interviews with him. Uh, but it is one of those one of those situations where I was hit a lot harder. I just kept thinking about it throughout the day in a way that I didn't necessarily expect that I would. Yeah. Well, I was I was actually very it was very bizarre. I was walking into uh, Captain Marvel this morning. And uh, the person I was with was like, did you see the news? And I was like, no, what happened? She was like, I don't want to tell you, but because it might ruin the movie. But, you know, Luke Perry didn't make it. And yeah, it just it's been it's been stuck in my head all day long. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I my my kids have been sick, basically taking turns being sick for the last five or six days. Mm -hmm. And so when he went into the hospital, I got a a message from one of my editors that say, Hey, can you reach out to Roberto and see if they're making a comment? And, uh, at the time I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And, you know, he, he just said, yeah. can you reach out to Roberto and, and see if he got a comment about Luke Perry? But the day before the 90210 thing had been announced. And so I thought like maybe Luke was taking a hiatus from Riverdale to do that. And, uh, was like, okay, well let me get caught up with whatever's going on here. And I saw the news. And I was like, shit. Uh, and then I had basically the same experience this morning. Like they reached out to me and said, Hey, can you reach out to Archie and Roberto? And even before I saw the headline, it's just like, I, I knew what happened. Yeah. It's really surreal to me because I was in high school when 90210 was at its peak. Yeah. Those early mm. seasons when, you know, Dylan's doing it with Kelly while Brenda's off in Paris with Dean Kane. And I mean, Dylan McKay was like our, at least my generation's Fonzie. I tweeted yeah, that earlier. Yeah, absolutely. Like he was he the cool epitomized guy cool. Yeah. The, and now the cool guy with the hair is you, Chris, but still. <laughs> um, you know, it's just like, and I love that he transitioned his career into being the cool dad on Riverdale. It's like as insufferable as some of the characters of that show have become, even Veronica now. Oh, I, know. I loved that you could always, almost always, love Fred Andrews. Yeah. And you, oh, sorry to interrupt. No, go right ahead. No, but like I can remember when we do conventions. I know at WonderCon one year we had KJ and Luke at the same time, and you could tell they just had such a rapport. When when KJ would talk about when he got to play Fred Young, you could tell he was so proud of himself. Yeah, and there was a bond there that you know. I mean, obviously, KJ's real parents are in Australia or New Zealand or whatever, and 
you know, he probably looked at him as a bit of a father figure. So I really feel so bad for this young cast to have to go through this at this point. It's insane. Yeah. It, the, the handful of times that we went and visited on set, it really was clear that Luke was a major and very positive force for the people on set. Well, I mean, he went through this 25 years ago. I mean, yeah. the exact same thing. Luckily for him, you know, everybody didn't have social media or the I Hate Brenda campaigns would have been much larger oh, than they were. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like, so he knew how to navigate, and I'm sure he offered them words of advice and kindness and support. Well, and the cra- the crazy thing is, I'd forgotten about this until I went and looked at his like just the list of his work. Mm-hmm. He is the example of what every actor should want after they reach that kind of fame. He never really stopped working. No, that dude he did he did everything from voiceover mm-hmm. to TV guest spots to TV yeah. show. He was on all. It's so weird to me to think that Dylan McKay and Fred Andrews was he was the Reverend on Oz. <laughs> and he was sideshow Luke Perry. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that that dude was constantly busy. He left Jeremiah behind an amazing, gigantic body of work. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's uh, it's funny because I, I really I, I had it. I've had this kind of microcosm all day long, where I keep thinking about the, those handful of interactions that we had with him, and it's like. I actually I posted like a five second video that had originally been cut from my first interview with him. Mm-hmm. And it was literally like him walking up at Comic-Con and grabbing me by my shoulder and like grabbing my mic with one hand and my shoulder with the other to give me a hug before he knew who I was. <laughs> and me going, you know, hi, I'm Russ from comicbook.com. And he's like, hi, I'm Luke and I'm with comicbook.com. <laughs> and and it's like that that was just the energy that he brought to every single time that we interacted with him. Like he was always so happy to be there. And you're sitting here going, it isn't always easy to be there or easy to be happy to be there when you're someplace like Comic-Con. Well, yeah. you know, my first interaction with Luke actually was not interviewing him now that I think of it. Yeah. I was interviewing Machen. No, actually, no, we did talk to him on set. But anyway, I'm just going to pretend this happened. Really. <laughs> well, um, I was interviewing Machen for, um, at TCA. And Luke Perry and his dog just like walked up and said hi to us and everything. And it just, it was kind of trippy again. It's like, Oh, there's Luke Perry. And you know, somebody had tweeted, I think it was, uh, is it Mike Costa who writes for Lucifer? Yeah. Yeah. He, I don't know if you saw his whole Twitter thing today about his experience running into Luke Perry, I think at the Sutton place bar (laughs) and like every time he'd see Luke Perry, Luke would be like, Hey, how's it going? And it's like, what is this life, you know? Yeah. And that was just, he treated everybody like they mattered. Yeah. I guess that's what we can get out of it. My, my actual first interaction with him had nothing to do with Riverdale. Uh-huh. Uh, he was doing a guest spot on hot in Cleveland with starring <laughs> Eddie white. Nice. Uh, and I like I that show. It, good show, but like I, this is when I was at Zap to it, and Zap to it didn't really cover the show. But I got a random email said, "Hey, do you want to come over to the CBS Radford lot and talk to Luke, Car- Luke Perry about the show?" Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, like you, Craig, I watched Nine Hundred Two One Zero a lot. 
And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Plus, finally, my mother will care about someone I'm interviewing. <laughs> yeah. She never cares about any of these comic book people. But God damn it, Dylan McKay? Oh, my God. So I show, I show up to the lot and I walk around. There's no publicist anywhere to be seen. Uh, I walk onto the soundstage and watch Betty White perform, like rehearse for a while. And then I walk back outside and I see this dude in board shorts uh, Obama Hope t-shirt with the sleeves cut off and a neon baseball cap. <laughs> and he's just walking around staring at the stages and I think immediately someone else has gotten onto this lot and then I realize it's Luke Perry. <laughs> he's like, hey, are you Chris? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I think we're supposed to talk. You want, let's just go find somewhere and sit down. <laughs> and it was just, we sat, we sat outside the Big Brother, the stage that they had the Big Brother house on. And he's like, I hear the Big Brother people are in there. And it, he was just the coolest guy. He was and, a nice guy. He was a good dude. He was excited to be sharing like a show with Betty White. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's a good dude. Well, I had you know I had a few classmates because I graduated high school in '95 because I'm old. Mm. Um, and I had Still a few classmates. Not be the old one, man. Oof. Who, yeah, but they named their kid Dylan because <laughs> of Dylan McKay. So I'm sure there are a bunch of like Dylans in their 20s right now because of Luke Perry. Do we, think, oh, yeah. Do we think Dylan Sprouse is named after Dylan McKay? You know, probably not. But because I this but, is why we're not allowed to ask personal questions of Cole, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> See the uh, the only reason that I would think not is because I feel like it would have come up by now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the but, only reason. Why not? Well, because otherwise it would be great headcanon. But, you know. Yeah. Uh, especially... they, were born, they were born in the mid-90s because That's true. the Sprouses were babies on Grace Under Fire, if you remember that show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, so. I do. And uh, uh, Cole was in that movie that was directed by Steve Franks, who created Psych. Uh, oh. uh, the Adam Sandler movie. Baby Daddy? Yes. Mm. Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Oh, Thank baby, you. Yes. Baby, Daddy's, uh, baby Daddy's the ABC family. Oh, yeah. Show. I think it's uh, also like an Amy Poehler movie. I'm that's sure baby, that's baby Mama, my bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we're not too good at this today. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, well, man, know, it's not an episode of Archie Digest if we don't go on a weird tangent. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I will say the first, the, the first response that we've gotten is probably unsurprisingly from Michelle. Uh, Michelle was essentially the first, the first fan of our show who is now co-hosting hashtag TV geek but uh, she sent us a two-part she's an amazing message. person she is she is but I've she's... met her since we've done, since we've had a last episode yes yes I met her at New York she was cool as hell she came with uh, she came with Zach and I to go see Josie and the Pussycats in Brooklyn nice and uh, peer pressured me into entering the trivia contest you know, we do need to talk about something Josie and the Pussycats related during this broadcast. Yeah, yeah, we'll probably mention that at the end. end. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but the <laughs> two-part comment that Michelle sent us was: Luke will always be Dylan McKay, but he was able to transcend from that role. Also, he was Dylan, but he was Pike, Lane Frost, Reverend Jeremiah, Jeremiah, John Goodnight, Fred Andrews. Not many of his co-stars managed that feat, and he's remembered for all of it. He was my first real TV star crush. My walls were covered with posters and pinups. He's synonymous with my childhood. 
when I did things like set the VCR to record 90210 was the most important part of my life, when my only major worry was how long it would take for Dylan to choose. 90210 did so much with that character, they showed some really difficult stuff for a teenager to go through and what friendship looks like. It was such a great show. For all its over-the-topness, especially in the later seasons, the early stuff was great. It was stuff kids needed. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I tweeted this earlier, and it probably wouldn't make me many friends, but um, I think them doing this 90210 thing this summer is even more of a stupid idea now. Because of I, the awkwardness of, mm, oh, look, our friend is dead. I would be I very like surprised it. if it ends up happening, but we'll see. Yeah, mm -hmm. I just feel like it's kind of, like now there's that whole thing hanging over it because, you know, they want to be irreverent and funny, but it's not irreverent and funny when one of your most popular co-stars just died. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was... Again, it'll be interesting, and I do think that with with tweaks, they could make it work in the sense that they could do like a big chill kind of thing where they all come together to remember him. Honestly, but, they should just do the show scripted instead of this weird curb your peach bit thing. Mm -hmm. You know, but, but again, like we'll see if it even happens. I do feel like it's even more difficult to sell. Like it was already difficult, to and considering really... the day it was announced. Yeah, yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, oh, uh, Michelle has one more part of her thing. Oh, cause, sorry, because Twitter. Well, it's, it's not your fault. It was Twitter character limits. It came in after the last time you were. <laughs> um, oh, okay. The last part of her thing was the Dylan character reminded people that just because a kid seemed like quote unquote trouble doesn't mean they were a bad person. It meant they probably just needed some extra love. Luke gave us his fans all his extra love over the years, and he'll be missed a lot. I will also say the Dylan character also showed us that. Just because you look like trouble, you still will probably marry into the mafia, and then like then your dad will blow up, and then yeah, like, your dad's alive, and yeah, but then your wife will get killed because like by her mafia dad mistakenly. I stopped watching by that point. Oof. I I do kind of feel like that's just that that's what that's the future of Riverdale right there. The Marchette yeah. drama isn't that season two. Well, all that, oh, yeah. that's what I was... Oh, R2 was a capo. But, um, you know, that's another thing, just the whole thing about, you know, judging books by covers and the whole, like, needing love thing. Mm -hmm. um, that was one thing that Fred Andrews... I mean, just the look on his... The lines on his face just were covered in love. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. he had so much pride in Archie and he had so much pain when something was wrong with money or his family... He had a lot of pride, but he was a good man. Like, I know we were talking earlier about the whole election thing last year. And mm -hmm. it's like, I really thought Fred was going to win, so it showed that Riverdale wasn't a complete shithole. Yeah. But, and as it turned out, Riverdale was a complete shithole. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm very curious what the show is. Russ and I were talking about this this afternoon. What the show will do about Fred Andrews because there's going to be a void there. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. really tough. I, the thing that I was saying is I, I kind of hope that they give it a break and don't deal with it this season. He's already not had a ton of screen time and I kind of hope that they back burner it, find an excuse to, to put him off stage for a little bit and then they can figure out what they want to do with him between like during the break. 
because I, I do worry that anything that they do trying to turn on a dime is not going to be what it, what it should be for both the character and for the actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the, I, and I worry what this would do to Archie as a character because he's a yeah, mess already as it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's the thing. It's a really hard, like, just stepping out of, like, the Luke Perry of it all and just looking at what it means for Riverdale as a show, it's a really hard thing to guess because at this point, they have really built it up so that he is the the conscience of the town and that he is the stability for Archie. And there's so many things that it just feels like without Fred, they fall apart. Yeah. Well, he's the only, as like, honestly, if you look at it as a whole, he is the only character that isn't in some way tainted mm-hmm. by sort of, the, I guess the evil that has sort of settled over the town. He's the, he's the only one that has remained more or less pure from the jump. Yeah. Well, is, is Mary pure? Mary's never around, but if she were to be around, do you think she could, <clears throat> I think it would definitely be a different energy. But like, yeah. I, I think it would still it would somewhat. I yeah, would say. that's I mean, the thing. I I'm not entirely sure what grade these kids are in, so I don't know how much high school is left for Archie. Yeah, like, uh, I I also he might just go right to leading the mob next year. Yeah. Oh. Well, and what I was thinking is because the show is the show that I could see rather than bringing Molly in, uh, I could see. Uh, FP taking Archie in. There's no more room in the trailer, Russ. Uh, yeah, I know, but you know they've got to they've got to use that Andrew's house set someplace. Yeah, but you know, yeah, you know how these like CW shows work. I mean, you always have teenagers living by themselves. I mean, yeah, look at I... Lana Lang in the loft above the Talon. Yes, I referenced yeah. it. <laughs> Five cents in the Smallville jar. I mean, but. But yeah, I, I pretty much, I, I don't know what they'll do. Uh, the, the best case scenario, like for me, if I was writing this season and they told me like, we have to deal with this now. I thought I'd be watching. Yeah. Well, the, the best case scenario that I could come up with would be like what they did with Leo McGarry. Uh, give him some kind of happy ending and then have the kind of misdirect of going in to tell him great news and learning that he had passed away peacefully in his sleep or something. Yeah. Uh, and that, that that's, that's the thing. I, Riverdale is a very heightened show. It is a very mm-hmm. eccentric show where when someone dies, it's at the hands of like some masked blah, 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 snore. Yeah. yeah. Fred, that's a character that should not get that treatment on the way out. Yes. I agree. It, I think that far too, he is far too dignified a character. Mm-hmm. And a uh, person for the like to just become more sort of Riverdale cannon fodder. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree, and I I think uh, I think that the writers know that. I kind of e- even in as much as we've kind of joked around about the the way that they've handled things in the last year or so. I I do think that uh, the combination of how much everybody on set loved Luke. 
and the way that the fandom rallied around Fred last year when he had been shot, I think that they they know better than to make it just more of the same. Mm-hmm. Do you think there could be the temptation to just leave Fred alive just off screen somewhere? I would love that. Honestly, I kind of would prefer that to having him die. But unfortunately, I don't see a believable scenario where he leaves Archie behind. I just, you know, I I also think about, like, the young cast of the show. Mm -hmm. Having to lose him again by filming this. It's kind of like how cruel it was to make the cast of Glee keep going after Cory Monteith died. Mm -hmm. But in that case, that was one of their contemporaries. But still, it's like to lose somebody twice. I mean, yeah. Maybe it would be advisable to have him out of town for a short time and just, like, kill him off off screen later. I don't know. I just really don't want to put any of the actors through anything painful. Yeah, and again, that's that's a in addition to the Luke part. That element of it is part of why I was saying that my gut instinct would be find a way to not use him for the rest of season three and yeah. deal with this, at the, you know, in the premiere. Because it would give people a lot more time to regroup. It would give the writers time to formulate the best possible response. Um, And I don't know how plausible that is, because obviously we don't know what Fred's role is in the back half of the season and the episodes that haven't aired yet. But that, you know, in a perfect world, that's what I would do. Uh, Just because... We're already losing some of the other parents. Didn't Robin Givens just get a pilot? Or did I imagine that? Uh... I'm not sure. It sounds right, but yeah. that's fine. Jesse's moving away. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Although I would love if Robin Givens just stayed, cause yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, sooner or later they're going to need a new mayor, and uh, like, because clearly this can't this the the current thing is not sustainable with Hermione being the mayor and a multiple felon. Like the idea of calling the governor and the national guard in during the whole outbreak thing. It's like no, now you're going to get caught. There's no way to hide that nonsense. Wow, and I so that happened. Hey, yeah, I, I've heard of a world where a felon can be president. So. Well, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, um, that's a show we're not podcasting about. I, I will say that, uh, but I, I think that the obvious thing was to somehow set it up so that Fred got that gig, and now that we don't have Luke. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with that. Like that's one of those weird situations where there's potential reverberations through the whole show because it doesn't only affect Archie; it affects everything else that uh, that they had set up for that character. And I kind of assume, even though he's had relatively limited screen time this year, that they had a big picture plan for him. Um, I will say, just because it 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 is really really hard to look at uh somebody had tweeted earlier and i just retweeted it from the archie digest account uh screenshots of a a scene from earlier this season when archie went on the road and it was fred saying i was your age when my father passed away and i never got to say goodbye uh. and it's just one of those things where i i fully expect that you know, again, in a, in a perfect world, they wouldn't do it till next year. But I kind of fully expect that that scene will come full circle when they finally have to deal with Fred moving on. That one kind of stings. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> I said, I just I kind of looked at the it's like I think there's something part. in my eye right now. Yeah. Uh, 
and uh yeah so that it's it's weird because it's also one of those situations where because this is a real person who actually passed away and he's a, a person who we all like we met him a few times we liked him um it's it's really it's difficult because it's not like saying oh well if oliver queen dies in crisis then what's going to happen to arrow it's you know you're you're having a real conversation and it's really difficult to compartmentalize like what does this mean for the show without sounding really mercenary mm-hmm. yeah but uh but yeah, so it's it, it's it's tough, and like I said, it, I really we wanted to get together and, and say something in part because we hadn't podcasted in so long, and Luke was one of the high points of the show, even when the show wasn't working. Yeah, and so uh, it's it's really difficult to uh, it, it would have been really difficult to come back in three months or whatever when we had you know when we had a our act together and not have kind of dealt with this when it happened. I will say, say, I'm just sitting here thinking about it and I'm as much as he, uh, continued to work Mm -hmm. throughout his career. I love, I'm, I'm kind of digging on the full circle idea that like he got to go back and get reintroduced to sort of a new, young generation of that crazy fandom. Oh yeah. Like people who didn't like, it, it's, it's fun to me that pe- like people who didn't grow up watching 90210 got to see him in the midst of another sort of, obviously I wouldn't say Riverdale, the Riverdale craze is as palpable. Yeah. As it's the, just palpable in a different way. Yeah. Well, and because TV has changed, fandom has changed. Yeah, but like it's it's I I I think it's really kind of fascinating that he got to go back and sort of do it all over again for an entirely new generation, and impart his knowledge on. Yeah, absolutely. Actors. It was weird to me today. I was doing my other job, uh, delivering groceries for Instacart, and somebody asked how I was doing it. I was like, "Yeah, well, my other job it was kind of crazy today because Luke Perry passed away." And, like, five people just stopped and just started talking about their memories of him. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking, like, people who were 20 and people who were 40. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he touched a lot of people with what he did. And I think that's the other reason we all got back together to do this is because he was special to us. Mm-hmm. And I think, in a way, it's cathartic for us to talk about it as well. I mean, it's not always fun and games to do a podcast. And, you know, sometimes it's nice to just be able to get your thoughts out. And since he had treated all three of us so well, I think this Mm -hmm. is just, this was a good reason to get back together. Well, and even regardless of how we may or may not feel about Riverdale as a show at this point, um, it doesn't really take away from, like, this was a really good dude Mm -hmm. who was fucking fantastic at his job. Yeah. So it, it, good luck finding someone who, who's, who has bad things to say about him. Cause like, as far as I can tell that those people aren't, they, they're not real. Like it doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, I even saw somebody, everyone seemed to love. I saw yeah. somebody tweet. I don't remember who it was, but I think it was Emma Caulfield. Actually. She's like in this me too era, somebody like Luke Perry was always a gentleman. 
Mm-hmm. And that's just mm-hmm. nice to read about somebody. Yeah. You know, because there are a lot of pigs out there, and Luke Perry apparently was not one of them. Good on him. <sighs> Anything else we want to uh, to talk about as it pertains to to that, uh, to, to Luke or to Fred? I just want to say that, you know, I don't know that anybody from the show is actually listening to our podcast. But please, if you are, accept our sympathies. And anybody who's pressed who might be listening, go easy on the Riverdale people for a little while. Because, yeah. You know, yeah. like, don't, be, don't make your first question like, so how about Luke? You know, yeah. let them bring it up. You know. Oh, well, that's... <laughs> I it's... mean, I, I won't be surprised if we don't get to talk to them for a while. Yeah, yeah. And it, it is one of those things, too. Like, even though I haven't been covering the show as much, and obviously we haven't been doing the podcast, like, the Riverdale people are all really nice. Like, it's a great yeah. cast. And I feel really bad for them because I do know how important Luke was to them, not just as a coworker and a collaborator, but as a person. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, it, it really is, you know, I was thinking about that. Cause I was trying, like I was, I was sharing a handful of things in terms of like old interviews and some video clips and things like that. And I was trying to be as cognizant as I could about not oversharing and making it about me because I'm like, I do have people from the show who follow us and I kind of want them to know that we're on their side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, This is sort of a, has really has nothing to do with Riverdale. Uh, I remember another place where I weirdly not even talked to or bumped into, but just sort of experienced the, the person this dude was. Mm-hmm. Luke Perry's son is an independent professional wrestler that goes by the name of Jungle Boy, uh, <laughs> who wrestles around Southern California, and is he's very, very good. But like it wasn't uncommon to see Luke in the stands, in gymnasiums or small theaters, Screaming his heart out for his kid, who's just trying, who's like, whose kid, who's not cashing in on the Perry name. He's just trying to make his own mark, and like to see like a proud dad mm-hmm. just cheering on his boy as his boy tries to be a pro wrestler. That that always stuck with me. That's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can beat that one, Chris. Yeah. There's a, there's there's this there's actually a photo going around. I need, I have to find it of like his son posing in the ring and like in the background you can see Luke Perry up high like huh. holding up a t-shirt and his mouth hanging open while he's screaming at him. Nice. Uh, and and again that kind of tracks because I I never in all the times that we talked to him like we, we go to those on-set interviews and those roundtables and people are like beat because they're in the middle of filming and there's all kinds of stuff. Like Luke was always the kind of guy who would come bounding into the room with a joke. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, yeah, I, uh, again, that's part of, I, I shared that, that little five second video clip of him like coming and grabbing my mic, my mic and my shoulder. And, and like the caption I put with it is like, this is the energy that he had every single time I ever encountered him. But uh, so, yeah, I, 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 I can totally believe that he was uh, borderline obnoxious in the stands. <laughs> but like in the 
best way. No, no, I that's yeah. Wrestling crowds in general are pretty. I, I say this as a fan. Right, right. Fans in general are pretty obnoxious, but yes, just the love, the just out there cheering on his kid. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you can handle playing the dad of Archie, you can handle anything. <laughs> that's right. Even your son, Jungle <sighs> Boy. <laughs> that's gonna be Archie next season. <laughs> Well, he did have that wrestling subplot for a hot minute. I think that would, never mind. I was going to make a Hiram joke. I'm not going there. But, um, uh, but yeah, I, like I said, it's it's. Uh, I wish we had a, a a happier reason to kind of all get together and and spread some warmth. But I do think that it, like it's nice to kind of get together with people because again, like we we didn't know him. We aren't friends of his but we we knew him in the sense that we had met him and talked to him a handful of times and so it's nice to kind of be able to commiserate and say like yeah this is our experience with this guy who like chris said like he's a really good guy who's really good at his job and and because the nature of his job being very public he touched a lot of people and i love that there are people who are you know guest stars on the show in the past i saw them tweeting Mm -hmm. like asha for example yeah was talking about you know what a great man he was. I think uh, Trevor played Jason Blossom was doing the same thing, and it's like that's so sweet that you know these people who weren't even there as much as say like KJ mm-hmm. still had wonderful experiences with them. And I think I get the feeling he treated everyone as if they mattered, and yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. So I think I already said that. Oh well. <laughs> that's all right I, yeah. it's the the risk of both going live and talking about something that was a uh it's an emotional thing because again it's it is one of those things like it's always strange with like celebrity deaths and such it's it's like anytime i get really hung up or emotional or it sticks with me i'm always kind of surprised because you do you do this job for long enough and it just happens all the time <sighs> Um, but yeah, this one was one that at every couple of hours all day long, I just kept like thinking of something new that I wanted to kind of say. Yeah. I want to point out that uh, a listener in the chat, Tani and Dave Francesco point says mm-hmm. that, uh, they're juniors because they just took their SATs. I have no recollection of that happening. I don't even know if they still go to school. They, yeah, the, the SATs was, uh, the big subplot of the last episode that aired because, Archie, having just come back from his road trip, uh, was Wait, unprepared for it. Wait, so isn't he going to be held back because he was in prison for a couple months? Uh, they're still hashing that out, but it sounds like it. Good. Like, and and I think that the the idea there they're going to end up doing something where they un they they fix quote unquote that because the uh, like at the beginning of the season they set that up as like stakes that like he was less upset about going to jail for the rest of his life and more upset that he wouldn't be able to walk the stage with his friends. <laughs> and I, ironically enough, the show I think about with the whole graduation timeline is 90210, where yeah. the characters of David Silver and his friend who killed himself, they Scott were freshmen. When, what was his name? Scott Scanlon. Scott Scanlon. They, <laughs> they were like freshmen in the first season, and somehow... David Silver graduated with everyone else because Donna Martin had to graduate. But, you know. And she just barely made it. Yeah. But, you know, and they were all like 40-year-old graduates even then. But, yeah. 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 So what what year did Fred Andrews graduate high school? Because I thought Midnight Club took place in the 1990s. 
but now FP is about to turn fifty. Yeah, that was a that was a conversation. Yeah, that I, I think that uh, the I think the only good response I've seen to that was uh, Danielle from Variety, who responded to your original tweet with he got held back a lot. Uh, <laughs> that just sounds funny. I don't know <laughs> because I I think Marisol is younger than I am. I think she's only like 38 or 39. Sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, oh, I mean, again, yeah. it's... it's <laughs> the it's, timeline's weird. Marisol's 45. No way. Yeah. Oh, wow. She just looks like she's 25. Okay, never mind. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna point out that like <laughs> one of the most, either the most recent episode or the one before that, when I said some of these parents still look like they're in their 30s, Chris made fun of me, and then he just said that Marisol looks like she's 25. Well, Marisol, that, <laughs> to be fair, she does look. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Machen looked 20 for about 25 years. Yeah. That's true. But. Uh, all right. Well, all right. Uh, yeah. Do we do we want to talk about some of the other stuff before we wrap up? Because obviously, uh, we uh, we can we, do a really quick news thing. Yeah. The, uh, the 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 big thing that we have missed in the time that we've been away from our uh, our microphones is that there's another there's another Riverdale spinoff coming. This one actually being a spinoff. I was gonna say I don't know what you're talking about. Another spinoff. Sabrina exists in its own weird world. But yeah. didn't Sabrina have a character that appeared in Riverdale? Yeah, but he was already dead on Riverdale by the time he appeared on Sabrina, right? R- who? I don't know what we're talking about. He was about. like a pizza guy or something. Yeah, right? I oh, can't remember. Oh, no, it's the, yeah, who, he was the dude that uh, Miss What's-Her-Face was sleeping with after she left town. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, What's her name? Miss um, Grundy. Grundy, yeah. Yeah, Grundy. That's right. Solomon Grundy's aunt. That's right. <laughs> they actually but, did uh, that in the Tiny Titans Little Archie comic. That's awesome. Nice. I had no idea, but I like it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's as close as they came. Yes. But yeah. they uh, uh, they're they're launching Keen. Katie Keen, which is uh, essentially it's going to be a musical in the vein of Glee or or Nashville or something like that. Crazy and, ex-girlfriend. Uh, yeah. But it's uh, is crazy ex I, I always feel like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is like a true musical as opposed to like a variety. It is. Of. It's whatever it wants to be. Uh, that's fair. But but in any event, Katie Keene is gonna center on a quartet of people growing up in New York City and trying to make it on their own. Not really growing up, they're all in their twenties. But and trying to make it as stars in the in the Big Apple. And it's uh, Ashley Murray's Josie is going to be there. Katie Keene, who has yet to be cast. And then they have Ginger and somebody else. The Ginger thing really bothers me. Isn't Ginger dead? Ginger Lopez has already been on Riverdale. She's one of Cheryl's minions that got fired. Yes. Uh, But now it's Ginger is the drag queen identity of a male character instead. Oh, right on. Um, But yeah. uh, And again, like I... You know, it's one of those things. It's a it's a quote unquote continuity error, but they did so little with that character that yeah. I really liked Caitlin who played Ginger. <laughs> no, I I really did. She's and a sweetheart. That, that so about, I'm I'm biased um, towards her. No, and that's and that's totally fair because I told I really did like her. She was honestly like, they can solve this whole thing just by <laughs> having Ashley be like, huh, 
that's weird. I knew it, Ginger, one time. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Problem solved. But, you know, I'm kind of bummed. Like, nobody under 60 really knows who Katie Kane is, for yeah. one thing. But also, it's like... I'll take I you one would... further. What? Nobody knows what Katie Keene is. Period. No, she was quite popular in the 50s, apparently. But beyond that, you have the whole notion that I think a show centered around Josie would obviously have some diversity that would be nice to have on the network. Although this Katie Keene is apparently Veronica's cousin. Uh-huh. I think I read somewhere. But I, Yeah, I don't know. And we have Alexandra Cabot, and it's not the character from SVU. Yes. Yeah, we have Alexander and Alexandra Cabot both. And uh, it's it's actually, that's one thing I will say is that uh, uh, I, I wrote the story when those two got cast and I just, I dropped in a thing that I had no reason to know, which is, you know, the joke from the Josie and Pussycats movie where uh, Alexandra goes, I'm just here because I was in the comics. <laughs> um, you put that line, she's just here because she was in the comics? No, I, I went oh. even more esoteric than that. Uh, when Michelle and Zach and I went to see Josie and the Pussycats in Brooklyn, we actually uh, we went with Cameron Diordio, who used to write Josie and the Pussycats for Archie Comics. And while we were there, he told me that he had written us a line that got cut from the final draft that was, I'm here because I was in the movie. <laughs> And, nice. uh, <laughs> and so I had to share that anecdote in the casting story for Alexander and Alexandra because, you know. I also find it weird that the CW might have Katie Keene and Kate Kane next year. I know. That was such a weird choice. Um, and again, but, the kind of thing that you could. I, I, I kind of wonder if the reason that they don't, that it isn't Josie, is because. Uh, Dan DiCarlo? Well, I was gonna maybe because there's some kind of rights issue. Maybe I wasn't even thinking of Dan DiCarlo, all that's possible too. I was thinking more more in the vein of like because Universal had the movie, maybe they didn't blah blah blah, or maybe somebody else was talking about optioning Josie and the Pussycats and they don't want to take that off the table or something. Or it's like how the Hulk can't star in his own movie now. Right, exactly. Like I, I kinda wonder yeah. if there's some kind of weirdness involved with that. Which again is all completely but, you know, I do wish the most like when they announced Katie Keene, I actually threw some shade on Twitter. I'm like, why are they doing a show about, you know, young musicians when they already have the perfect one? It was like a gif of Josie and not knowing that she was going to be a part of the show. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something smart. I think it's great to give her something more to do because yeah, I mean, it was, she, it's funny. Uh, she and Fred are the two most underused characters on the show. And of course, yeah. And not well, Fred anymore. And it's funny because that was a thing that uh, that was a thing that when when Ashley wrapped the season the other day, she tweeted about it. I guess. Uh, Wait, she wrapped the season already? Yeah. Oh, probably so she can film the pilot. Yeah. Okay. But but and of course, if the pilot doesn't go, she'll theoretically be back in Riverdale next season. But if the pilot goes, then she's leaving Riverdale so that she can appear in Katie Keene. Okay. Even though it's a flash forward show, so Ashley will actually be playing her real age instead of a teenager now. Uh, but uh, in any event, uh, she wrapped for the season, and all I could think at that time was like, in all likelihood, she's wrapping for the series because I, I imagine that Katie Keene's going to go forward. The time, oh, the, I, 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 feel like, I feel like the pilot would have to be pretty bad for it not to. I feel like, as even though obviously it was very dark, I'm pretty sure the CW wishes they had gotten Sabrina after all. Yeah. Just because, I mean, it did resonate well and has a young, attractive cast. Yeah. 
it'd be a lot easier to cover that show if it was on the CW, but you know. also true. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but in any event, they, uh, uh, I, I was just thinking at the time, I'm like, you know, it's really kind of a bummer when you think about the prospect of Ashley rapping for the series at this point. Cause it's like, they, they really just did not use that character well over the life of her time there. I mean, at least she got more lines to the melody. <laughs> uh, I think Melody was tied with Jason Blossom. So. I think she had one line. I think in like episode six. Or six no, you're one. you're you're right. I actually that that's correct. Yeah, I, Jason still like I I was surprised when they like I thought when they had Trevor playing young Clifford Blossom that they would finally let him speak and nope. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, poor but. guy. Yeah. So I guess we've said what we need to say. Yeah, I mean, there's um, obviously a bunch of stuff that we haven't talked about, and at some point we'll probably come and talk about Riverdale some more. Did you but, guys know that Archie got eaten by an invisible bear? That's true, and then was better before See, his parents is, knew about it. Now I'm so behind on Riverdale. Fun. I want you guys to explain it to me. That just did. Archie got attacked by an invisible bear. You know what? Actually, that's a good idea. Maybe, maybe here's what we'll do. Maybe we'll get together in like a week or two. And I'll just spend that time rewatching and compiling like a, a Cliff's Notes version where we can crack wise. A and Clifford Blossom's Notes. There you go. And that way we can bring bring Craig up to date in the most humorous and inaccurate fashion possible. It's really bad. Are Bughead <laughs> still together? Who? Bughead. Yeah, probably. But Tony I... has had some issues, right? Who? I mean, every relationship has had some issues this season. I think that they set out to break up everybody this season, and with Jughead and Betty, it just didn't take. Okay. Uh, and uh, I think that Cheryl and Tony, like they, 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 the, the upcoming episode synopses seem to suggest that it's one of those, uh, "Hey, we're going to move in together now because we fought, and that's what we, that's what people do on TV after they fight if they don't break up." But. Uh, Oh boy! But the, not not that it matters anyway, because literally every time we've seen Tony recently, she's been like the establishing shot is like interior Cheryl's bedroom, and you start from there. Is um the musicals coming up? And how yeah, that's that? three weeks, I think, because it's okay. that's the synopsis they just released. So which did not have Luke Perry mentioned at all in it. Which I found no, no. Well, again, I think part. I mean. Part, part of it is probably that he's been so minimal this season for a lot yeah. of it. And then part of it is also, even by the time they released those, the, the official uh, synopses, uh, I think Luke was already in the hospital and they probably were oh, yeah. kind of, mm. of not saying anything because you don't want, like, you don't want the, you don't want that headline. You don't want a bunch of jerks to, to like make it, uh, you know, make, clickbait headlines of like here's what luke perry's going to be doing on riverdale two weeks after he died it's like because you know that people would i mean we got this cover could just make up something Eh, that's fair but you know but uh all right yeah uh, do we want to go around and and feedback and everything everybody who's listening yeah, exactly. There's there's been a few people listening the entire time, according to our stream numbers. Nobody. Well, I know my really. favorite Michelle has been listening. Yes, yes. And a friend of mine who I call a pretentious hermit is also listening right now. So nice. hello to you. I'm uh, listening right now. If that helps. Uh, yeah. I, 
I'm listening most of the time. Uh, uh, and did you, we want to go around the, the circle and tell people where to find us since it's been like two years since we did that. Chris sure. goes first. Cause he's I'm still, coolest. I, I'm still at Chris Hainer on Twitter. It's very difficult. That's and then true. like gamespot.com. Oh, and Instagram.com slash waterworld photos. That's it. That, that's the most important part. Yeah. yeah. I am KSite TV on Twitter. I also have my Riverdale Twitter at Riverdale TV. Um, I you can find most of my stuff at KSiteTV.com and I am on Instagram as Vader1206 if you want to stalk me there. Woohoo. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Russ Burlingame. R-U-S-S-B-U-R-L-I-N-G-A-M-E. And uh, my other podcast, the Emerald City Video Podcast, which is going to actually host this episode because of our, uh, the Archie Digest is in the middle of changing hosting providers. Uh, and so that's ECV underscore podcast or emeraldcityvideo.net. And uh, yeah, anything you need, you can find there. Uh, my There's a link in my bio to my work at comicbook.com. And then, uh, yeah, we will be back when, when, when we come back <laughs> and, uh, uh, we promise we will tell you and we will have a, uh, a sweet spot episode before the show actually folds. So if we ever do a sweet spot episode, <laughs> that'll be your sign that like now it's fair game. Yeah. Well, you know, and again, uh, thank you to everyone who listened to us talking about our Luke Perry memories because yeah. I mean yeah. we're all going through the same thing right now we're all sad we're going to miss Fred we're going to miss seeing him when we go to set mm-hmm. um, just lots of good things and love to send his way and to the way of people that he touched yeah and uh, one, one thing I will say too is that uh, I, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet because I was working and then I did this but uh Michelle's hashtag TV geek podcast also just did a, like an impromptu Luke Perry memorial episode. So if you are a glutton for punishment and you want to have another hour of people saying very similar things to us, uh, you can probably go there and those guys are usually very entertaining. So I imagine that it'll be a a good show. Yeah. All right. Thanks everybody. Listen to or watch doom patrol. It's good. That's true too. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I said to throw that out there. Okay. Oh, bye ahead. from me. <laughs> Isn't that show canceled? Get the fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what show. I missed it. <laughs> he was talking about Got Ham. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Hey, All right. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you and good night. Good night, good night everybody. everybody. Everything's Archie. Two. What are we doing now? We're uh, we are live. Oh.